Hello, it's Lita here from Community Finance Ireland, and welcome to our podcast series. Changemakers are in every community, they're in every city, and they're down every rural road, right across the island of Ireland. This series meets with those amongst us who choose change. Their stories demonstrate what can be done when we work together. And here at Community Finance Ireland, we speak finance, but we hear people, and we really do hope you enjoy listening to them. Good afternoon, everybody. You're very welcome to another edition of Community Finance Ireland's podcast. And we're here in Sligo Town, um, sitting in the office of Marina Conway, the current CEO of Western Forestry Cooperative. Marina, you're very welcome. Thank you very much for welcoming us into the office and to meet the team today. Thank you, Lisa. Tell us a little bit about Western Forestry Cooperative. What is it about? So Western Forestry Cooperative was set up back in 1985 by the then seven main dairy and livestock cooperatives in Western counties in order to provide a backup service to farmers who wanted to go into forestry. So when the first private afforestation grants were brought out in the mid-1980s um, and it was a, a social forestry programme aimed at farm forestry, um, it wasn't being taken up by the farmers that it was intended for and it was mainly being taken up by um, financial institutions and investors. And uh, the reason for this is that um, forestry wasn't something that, that the farming community really knew anything about. We have lost all our tradition and skills around forestry, having only 1% forest cover at the turn of the last century. So it's something that they, they didn't really know how to approach. And because of that, they were more inclined to sell the land than get involved themselves. So as cooperatives work really well in rural Ireland, Western Forestry Cooperative was formed in order to provide that backup for, for farmers, in order to enable them to get involved in forestry if they so wished, and that so that forestry could complement their overall farm um, enterprise rather than replace it, you know, so that forestry, we can see it working very well side by side with suckler and beef farms and dairy farms and any other type of farming enterprise. And the, the concept of having forestry as well as farming, this was a skill that was lost in Ireland, you were saying to us earlier. So you had less than 1% of farms doing any forestry, and now you're currently up to about 11%. Is that correct? We had less than 1% forest cover nationally. There yeah. was very All that existed was really anything that was left on the old estates. Yeah. Um, it was all, all our forests really were cleared for agriculture, and they were cleared success, successfully during world wars and that as well. So um, we had very little forest cover. So because we had no forests, we had really lost any kind of skills around traditional forest management or, or crafts or people having, you know, using it as, as a part of their farm or making a livelihood out of it. So the state um, got involved in um, back in planting in, in the 1930s and it was only the state that was involved in forestry up until the 1980s, really. There was a few very small handful of, of private individuals yeah. who planted some land themselves, but generally it was only the state um, that was involved in forestry. And you had to import some of those lost yes. skills. Did we, you were saying to me earlier that you imported even some of the earlier trees. Yeah, so when Western Forestry Cooperative first started, it actually trained, it, had, it developed a training course to train 20 forest workers in order okay. to be able to provide the skills because at that time as well it the there was no even workforce in yeah. to be able to do the work because they were all state employees yeah. so um the predecessor and the original founder of Western Forestry Cooperative, Ray Gallagher, um, developed a training course and he, he trained 
20 um, young lads at the time and one of those, um, Frank Conlon, is with us 34 years. He's been in Western Forestry Co-op pretty much since its, its foundation. Um, but also as well because, um, again, there was no private forest nurseries in Ireland at the time. The trees had to be imported from the UK and yeah. the, we, you, the, the soils that were planted were often deficient in um, phosphorus, which is a limiting nutrient for growth. You, right. you need to have the phosphorus levels correct in the soil in order for the trees to be able to establish. So um, ground rock phosphate had to be imported from North Africa as well. So the cooperative was able to do this on a scale basis yeah. because rather than one farmer trying to, to, to access these materials himself, it was impossible. So cooperatives have always provided economies of scale. So it was able to import all the materials and provide them to local farm, far, farmers in so order to be able to establish farms. So they get all of the right support at the start-up Absolutely. stage. Yeah. And it's such a fascinating um, business to be in. Tell us, how do you get involved in forestry? You'd say to me earlier that you were in New Zealand at an earlier stage of your career. Would that have given you the love of it or was it the fact that you were from Enniscrone in County Sligo? <laughs> Why I got involved yeah. in forestry. Okay, so... Um, I, I also I wanted to be a forest ranger. Okay. <laughs> I had this vision in my head. I wanted to be a forest ranger working in, in a national park and managing a forest. I always love trees. Okay. Just always absolutely love trees. Yes, I live I live beside the coast, just so yeah. I live beside a beach. But up just up the road for me there was this little valley, Mernes's Valley, and I used to go up there to the trees and I just loved trees. So I always had a passion and a love for trees and I remember at the time as well, um, there wasn't really much career guidance around wanting to yeah. get involved in forestry. So I wrote away to, to Quilche and the Forest Service and they told me about um, forestry um, ag, through Ag Science in UCD and I applied for it and I went in and studied it and that's how I, I ended up getting found involved. Like, yeah. the <laughs> and um, very luckily, um, yeah. I spent a summer of first year here working in Western Forestry Cooperative um, doing farm forestry surveys. And then when I graduated four years later, I approached them to see if there was any jobs going and luckily there was. So I was very lucky to get a start because back then it was quite difficult to get a start And you've been here ever since? Yeah, no, I was here for 10 years and then I left and went to New Zealand for a year and a half okay. and I worked um, in, over there, the New Zealand developed a national emissions trading scheme and so developed the policy and regulations and legislations around bringing the forestry sector into the emissions trading scheme. And when I came back to Ireland, then I worked in um, forestry again with a, a forestry company. And then I also worked for a while um, in in developing international forest carbon projects. So I've, I've literally at this stage worked, um, I've run my own company, worked in government and worked in the private sector. So I have a good so overview, a good of, overview how, of how it all <laughs> how works. All three work, and yeah. is that what makes it so successful? The fact that you have this experience in other sectors that you can bring in? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I worked for, for a couple of years as well in um, tendering, um, CMD Tender Assist, okay. and that was in, in um, aiding SMEs to become tender ready. And I learned yeah. an awful lot about other businesses and how they work um, through that period. So yes, uh, like I think it's to be honest, I think it's very important to switch jobs every now and then yeah. because you learn so much. And even to go to another country and work because you, you, I remember when I went there, you assumed that everything runs the same in every other country, but no, it doesn't. It's uh, never <laughs> the same. No, it's completely different, but you don't, you never really understand that until, until you, you actually, actually experience yeah. it yourself. And so what else makes it so successful? Because you, we met some of the team earlier and I know that for the majority of the employees here, they all live and work rurally. They all come from rural communities. Yes, they're all and, from the local areas. And yeah. so what you give them is the opportunity to stay living and working 
in their rural community. Yeah, absolutely. And and it works, it's very important because they're from the local areas as well, so they care about the local areas. Yeah. And as well, um, like half of our foresters and majority of our forest workers as well are all farmers too. So okay. these are people who, who, who farm and they live in the local communities. They work the land, they understand the land. So in order to, to be in forestry, you need to have an understanding of the land. You know, you yeah. need to have an understanding of the place where you are, the community that you are. So because all the, all the staff and all the people are from the local area they care about the local area they care about the work that they do and they care about the people that they work for and that's really important and there's a very deep understanding and sensitivity to what's going on in Absolutely. the area yeah. and tell us then about the social impacts of western forestry i mean obviously one of them is the fact that people are able to stay living and working in their local community what other social impacts are you delivering? Well, the, the main social impact that Western Forestry Cooperative is, is delivering is empowering farmers to plant the marginal areas of their own farms and to retain yeah. all that, that financial and environmental and economic benefits from that locally so that yeah. they retain the benefits. So that enhances their overall farm. It is quite a valuable part of their farm. Yeah. It allows them to invest in other areas of their farm. It allows them to, you know, to, to educate their children. You know, yeah. it's another so it's form, an of form of Absolutely. income. Absolutely, and it's an alternative form of income for them. But, you know, it's it's for many. We see, we see people now where, like Western Forest, Corporate was founded in 1985. We're mm. now 34 years old, and we're now at the other stage where we're harvesting these forests, where we're yes. going through the final clear fell, and we're seeing people getting returns of anything from eight to fourteen thousand euro per acre, income tax free, and then they're yeah. replanting it and handing it over to the next generation. And so it's, it's wonderful to see that. Yeah, so all the hard work pays off. Um, what surprises people when they go to one of your um, customers' farmlands that has? taken a percentage of the land and made it forestry what is it that surprises well, people the most we, we often we run a lot of field days and events we run at least two yeah. or three field days every year yeah. and we field evenings and field days where we bring um, people out and we show them different harvesting operations that have gone on pinning yeah. and clear fell and yeah. replanting and show them new planting so um, people are often very surprised when they see even at the the, the afforestation at the new establishment phase that there's a full capital grant to cover all the costs of planting and the fencing and that they get a premium payment for 15 years um, tax-free guaranteed. Um, they also are quite surprised when they see the, the returns that are coming when they go in to start thinning some of their forests at 16 yeah. or 18 years of age. And then they're also quite surprised when they see the returns that people are getting at Clearfell because these are first-generation private forest owners. Yeah. These are the pioneers that are harvesting now. Yeah. And um, so it's great to see you know, the financial returns that these people are getting. And it's great to be able to share that information yeah. with other people locally. And they're the first to take the risk, really, Absolutely. and to see it from start to yeah. finish, Absolutely. which is interesting. Um, tell me a little bit about what Western Forestry does for other supports in the area, such as team mentoring or skill sets. We spoke earlier about some of the skill nets facilities that you'd brought into some of the team. Yeah, so we have used um, skill nets for training. Recently yeah. there now we just did first aid training for yeah. the team and we've also accessed it for IT, for Excel, yeah. for Microsoft Word, for social media yeah. training. Um, so it's been a great valuable support and, and the Leo office as well um, to provide that training support. So they provide very affordable training um, for SMEs. And did you mention earlier that there was some Department of Agriculture activity or support that you'd looked for? Yeah, so 
um, the Department of Agriculture, the Forestry Division under the Department of Agriculture, um, put out a call for tenders um, that this year, and yeah. we tendered three projects, and we won all three projects. Excellent. And Excellent. yeah, so we were delighted. So we ran a woodland festival. So this yes. is very much a community woodland festival. It was it was all about bringing bringing people into the woods and showing them what goes on in a forest, yeah. showing them about the people who work in the woods, the activities going on in the woods, getting them out, getting them to learn from the people who work in the woods. And during that woodland festival, we held um, a series of interactive demonstrations. There was a load yeah. of woodland talks. There was woodland walks went on as well. Yes. Tree identification. There was mushroom identification. There was a whole children's yeah. area. You could learn about commercial forestry, commercial conifer forestry, commercial broadleaf forestry, native woodland management. We brought people, everything in who make hurleys, who make charcoal in the wood, who make wattle fencing. Um, we brought in, we had a timber tasks area where you could learn how to sharpen your chainsaw. Yeah. Um, there was wood carvers. There was a bit of everything and people could come and get involved and talk to the people in and the woods. And you held that where? We held that in South Leitrim and Carrie Gallen. Cal and we had three, it was our first time, first woodland, it's the first woodland festival ever in Ireland and we'd over three and a half thousand people Three and a half thousand people yeah, were down fantastic. to find out about the trees. Yeah. And so, um, there's a lot of support that you use for different things depending on what you need. We spoke earlier about when you got to quite an interesting tipping point in the evolution of the business here. Um, so you had cash flow issues. Yeah, we, we actually we grew too fast. We yeah. focused very much on trading, trading and getting in as much work as possible and, and felt that, that you know the, the majority of the focus should go on trading. Yeah. But it was it was yeah, it was very much a lesson that we did actually grow too quick and then we hit a cash flow crisis within okay. the organization. So we had a huge amount of work going on, a huge amount of projects going yeah. on. But in any organization cash is king. Yeah. And if you don't have, if you don't have cash to pay wages and pay suppliers, you find yourself at a very yeah, very lonely place. Very lonely place in a very dark yeah. <laughs> days in your organization. So that was a very crisis point for okay. the organization. But hugely great thanks to Community Finance Ireland, we got through that. Um, so at that, that point, you applied. You started yeah, we, we to, had, to Community we, Finance we, Ireland. Well, initially, we we approached our financial institutions. Yes, but we weren't getting any any support from them. So we supported. We approached Community Finance Ireland, and okay. they were a great support to us. And you kind of got one of their people to come down and went through yeah. the, the overview. Yeah, so we called them and we arranged a meeting and came down and they we went they went went to I guess an understanding yeah. of our organization how we yeah. how we ran we explained the issue that we were facing we explained yeah. the trading we explained all the projects that we had yeah. going on and that the finance was there obviously you have to be your books have to show as well that you know that that this you know, is that, sustainable business. Yeah, that you're a sustainable business. Um, and a huge amount of our work, of our, like, our, our main client is, is we, we, because most of our work is grant aided, yes. we're paid by the government. So we have a very good client yeah. <laughs> with a very good, um, but it's, it's cash flowing that because yeah. in forestry in Ireland, you must, you have to cash flow everything in advance. Anything we do to grant aid, you cash flow in advance and then you get paid. And that's where the cash flow crisis comes so in. So that's, it's, it just runs out yeah. temporarily. Well, you, you, you it, it's not so much that it runs out it's because when you all the, the all the ca the establishment works that you undertake you must cash flow in advance of getting payment ah, okay okay um and so the overall experience with community finance ireland was that difficult was it a long process 
no, I have to say I found it very easy, very easy to deal with um, any of the information that they required and we were able to provide to them if we didn't understand anything. Yeah. We asked them. No, I, I found it was extremely straightforward from start so to in finish. So in terms of timelines, would it have been a couple of months yeah. from I think, the first I think, call? I think from the first call to us actually receiving the money about three months. Yeah, and so the benefit then of that cash flow injection at that point of the business how important was that? It was hugely important. I mean, it was coming. It was a crisis. It was. It was. So we're nearly to, considering that we'd have to close the doors. We'd have closed the doors. So re, a, a critical time. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit then about you know other people who may be listening who are looking to set up a community project like this or a social enterprise as as we spoke about earlier. What are the types of things that you can share um, with some of our listeners about? Um, you know, what have you learnt from being involved in a social enterprise such as this one? What are the things that they might be need to consider if they're thinking of setting up on themselves? Well, what's extremely important first and foremost is your vision yeah. for what you're going to do. Um, that that you have something that that you believe in. Yes. You know, it's extremely important the vision and and the belief in what you can do, um, and also then that you surround yourself by people, by a team of people who have a similar vision and understanding of what it is that you want to achieve yeah. or what it is that the, the organisation or the community project wants to achieve. And um, they buy into that because obviously it's not a short-term project. These things take time, right? Yeah, absolutely. You've got to be in it for the long haul. Yeah, absolutely. And especially with, with regard to community projects, they hugely yeah. rely on volunteers. I know. So you, you definitely need people of a similar mindset um, and a similar belief. How many volunteers do you actually have in the team? Well, or do you take them in seasonally? No, well, the Western Forestry Co-op has got uh, 15 employees, so yeah. we don't have, have volunteers, but for the Woodland Festival, we would have brought in volunteers. Yeah, I noticed um, one of them was your son as yeah, well. Was, was he a son. volunteer or was he, was he just pushed A volunteer, in? yeah, well, he, uh, a volunteer uh, by choice <laughs> and his girlfriend. And then we also had volunteers on the day, um, also partners of people who work in the organisation yeah. as well as uh, people who so it becomes con a family of activity absolutely but yeah. also contractors that we worked with as well yeah. volunteered on the day with us as well our okay. harvesting contractor his two sons were there on the day as well to, to steward for it's us excellent so. and marina then what insight can you share that would be helpful to other volunteers or people who are looking to get involved in a social enterprise um, i think it's really important to get outside external expertise when you need it um, one of the when I focused, as I said, very much here on trading and yeah. thought that, you know, somebody had said to me that, that, you know, you're growing too quick. And I kind yeah. of like, how can you grow too quick? Sure, you have to get trade as much work in as possible. Yeah. But um, again, I, I didn't have a financial background. Yeah. So having having expertise of, of future financial planning and management yeah. is hugely important because I'm, I'm a forester. Um, yeah. I'm a technical trained forester. So um, for me, it was all about focusing on the trade yes, without having the support of a person with wearing their financial yeah. hat. Um, so that was hugely important. So it's extremely important when you, any organisation that you're running, that you're not tunnel visioned about it. You need to talk to all the support people, the yeah. people who work on the ground, the financial people, the people in admin, yeah. the technical people. Everybody has such a huge role to play in it. You and know, if you don't have an answer to it, you find someone absolutely. who does. And there's yeah. quite a lot of support available mentoring and insights online yeah. and through some of the departments, um, some of the ministers' departments that can help with that. So we talked a little bit earlier about the social impact of Western Forestry, but you know, environmental impact is a big topic at the moment. Tell us a little bit about how you think you play a part in that. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, everybody's climate change is, is yes. big on the agenda at the moment and it's, it's something that's very important locally, nationally, regionally. It's, it's very important to people and trees provide a wonderful service here in that they, they, they take carbon dioxide um, out of the atmosphere and they release oxygen through a process yeah. of photosynthesis. So they actually clean the air that we breathe and they're known as the lungs of the earth and they are. But they not only do they do they store carbon um, in their, the timber, but also trees um, in a forest situation, they also protect the soil, um, they protect the water, the flood protection, they create habitats, they create biodiversity, but they also sequester carbon, which is hugely important from a climate change perspective. So Irish forests annually are sequestering 3.6 million tonnes of carbon per year, which okay. is hugely important to Ireland's national greenhouse gas inventory. So from they're, they're very important um, from an environmental perspective. Um, they're very important in the communities. They also provide a strong community focus, recreation. There's over 21 million visits to Irish forests annually as well, which is a, is a staggering figure. And it's very important for people to get out into the forest. Yeah, it's a nice way to spend a Sunday afternoon yeah. out with the, the lungs of the earth. Yeah. Uh, Marina, thanks very much for your time. It's been fascinating to hear about the trees and the projects that you're doing here. Anybody who has the ability or a desire to actually take a portion of their farm and start building trees or planting trees. I think you need to get in touch with Maureen and her team here. You're doing a fantastic job and thank you very much for bringing us down and for talking to us today in Sligo. Thank you, Lisa. From our team at Community Finance Ireland, thank you to those volunteers and leaders who spent time sharing their success and determination. We hope you found some useful insights while listening here. Their stories demonstrate that dreamers are always welcome in our communities. You may be a dreamer today, but you too could be the change maker of the future. Be sure to subscribe to this series and tune in to hear our next story coming soon.